It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Club with me, Joe McGrath. This is Excess Manchester. Uh, I am joined in the studio by the red side, uh, Mr. Alex Boardman. Good evening, Alex. You should say the The dark side. The red side, Mr. Alex Boardman. How fantastically ironic, Mr. Ian Cheeseman, that you would refer to me being from one of the enemies of football. You would refer to me as being from the dark side. And on the blue side, Mr. Ian Cheeseman. Listen, this is how the things go. The Wednesday show does. (laughs) <laughs> just things a bit more differently but I'm sat in front of me I'm writing down the talking points and not only have uh, you know, the Manchester team's got two incredibly important Champions League games tonight there's a Manchester derby on the way and City are causing all sorts of stirs so we're going to try and tick off every uh, little uh, box City are causing all sorts City of stirs City are causing all sorts of stirs and uh, Alex informed me before the show the man who has a law degree can delve a bit deeper into uh, the gentleman who was on Forever Blue last night. Go and get that podcast. Uh, it was a good listen. Gentlemen, uh, before we start, is everyone all right? Everyone Everyone's good? fine. <laughs> fine. I am, dory. I am loving this week, by the way. Twitter has exploded with these uh, revelations and it kind of confirms what everybody thought might be happening. But the extent of it has been. So, what I'm going to do is going to throw it to you. What do you want to get out of the way first? Should we get the Champions League uh, previews out, or should we get Let's City? Let's talk about what everyone's talking about in the country: Der Spiegel and the allegations against City and their breach of the financial fair play rules. Take yeah. the lead, Alex. I mean, okay. you, you were listening to the show last night. Um, well, I listened to uh, I listened to bits of Ian. I find it really difficult to listen to. <laughs> and Martin from the Daily Mail was on. Martin Samuels, yeah, yeah Martin and, Samuels. And uh, his points that he uh, mentioned about Manchester City and what mm-hmm. they've done um, don't really tick boxes for you, do they? Alex? Well, perhaps Ian could sum up what he said. I think he was mentioning Jack Walker and Blackbird, Blackpool. Yeah, he, he, was as... ta- he was talking as much about uh, the concept of FFP and how he cr- felt it was created to basically stop City, which is what all. Blues think, and certainly what I think, uh, that that um, you know that obviously the previous generations that have gone before, when United were breaking transfer records left, right, and centre, um, that they're all fine. When Chelsea came in with new money, that's fine. Jack Walker coming in with his money, no no problem whatsoever. City coming with new money, 
and oh hang on a minute we've got to stop this we can't have this bit this club breaking into our cartel now um so we're going to try and stop them so obviously these sort of rumors of city um uh, the allegations are that they sort of doped the sponsorship um started four or five years ago when the etihad deal was done mm-hmm. uh, now that is seen as being undervalued by half and that actually they should have sold the naming rights to the stadium for twice what they did. Which would still leave a shortfall of £40 million What do you in, mean a shortfall? Well, because the, the sponsorship deal supposedly were worth something like 87 and it was actually only worth eight or something, when they've, when they've cut the books. Well, so it would still be a ex- massive I'm not an shortfall. expert on this. The figures I've seen are that the deal yeah. was for £500 million and it should have been for a billion. So very different types of figures, but I don't pretend to be an expert on the, the figures. But you, you sort of the more you delve into it and the more you look at it, you look at, for example, Bayern Munich, who are uh, one of the, the teams and obviously one of the, the, the German team who's massively objected to this. And when you actually scrape under the surface, you find out that, that uh, for example, Adidas are part owners of Bayern Munich, but they're also a sponsor of Bayern Munich. So the very thing that is being accused of City is happening quite naturally by German teams like Bayern Munich. Um, so Kettle, Pot, Black and all the rest of it. You've got to see that side of where Ian's coming from, surely, Alex. No, not at all, because what I, th- what I think is really interesting, firstly, that Martin Samuels, when he was talking about the Jack Walker-Blackburn um, situation, at that point, there was no there was no rule in place about this financial oh, yeah. fair play. FFP, so said. whether you whether you, if you agree with the rule or you don't agree with the rule, for instance, if I'm an Alan Turing way and I think it should still be a forty miles very an hour, very different and argument, not a different argument at all. That and is it's about a legality and danger. This is this is UEFA this corrupt organisation bringing in a rule to keep out the the new money. This is this is completely different. That's a terrible analogy. Alex. Well, uh, the the original reason supposedly financial fair play was brought in was to stop what happened at places like Hull and I think Cardiff Portsmouth, was another Leeds, one. Yeah, and it was like United going into six hundred million pounds of debt. Which to stop that sort of thing, really, but isn't it's, it? It's not exactly the same because City are filtering money in from a state, from an oil state, as our Paris Saint Germain, um, and it's it, it's not without going into much further into the ethics of it. The fact that the city board have set up all these fake companies and there's emails floating around things called Operation Longbow, which apparently is a reference to um, get at Platini, who was bringing, who was the person bringing this rule in. I think we're up, we're only up to day two of the four-day leaks from Der Spiegel. Now, you've, you've got German heritage as well, so I've, one of the arguments being this is just, um, it's just tabloid journalism. Der Spiegel is... Not real. It's not a newspaper. It's more like the New Yorker. This or is the same company, or the Economist. The same company, by the way, who made these accusations about Ronaldo. Yeah, which, well, yeah, which, which of course are completely unproven, and which he has said are just utterly ridiculous. Yeah, so they've we'll, got a pattern here of making ridiculous allegations. Well, you say they? ridiculous allegations, but they will have sources for this, and it's not. It, we talk, we're not talking about like even the Daily Mirror. I know it means the Mirror. Um, De Spiegel, but it's not like the news of the world where you get, you know, Freddie Starr ate my hamster. It's not that kind of allegation. We're talking the most popular investigative magazine in Europe. What do you think is going to happen? Which Alex? is the it's the equivalent of the Economist. So um, this should be taken seriously. Firstly, secondly, there's all these huge internal leaks which shows how City have systematically gone about 
circumnavigating all these sanctions that are in place. If 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 these allegations are correct, by the way, and yep. those are these at the moment are completely unproven. They're alleg- well, they're right? allegations. But, but do you not think that happens everywhere? Um, not to this extent. No, not where it's been. No, not where books are cooked retrospectively, and they they go back two years and injects another hundred million into this sponsorship, and they pay in players FA Cup winning bonuses for a trophy they didn't win, and they sell the image rights. So I'm sure books are cooked everywhere. But what's really interesting That's with this the is key the key line. That's the key line it, that you've just said. No, it's not the key line. The key line is City have basically admitted in all these internal leaks, if these if these emails are true and if the sources are true, um, and I'm sure we're going to look back and the more allegations are coming out today with Infantino, he's now the president of UEFA, at the time was the person that smoothed this over. Sanctions should have been in place and were never quite as strong as they should have been. They're basically, I think City have got caught and Paris Saint-Germain have got caught and... Now we're being retrospectively a little bit creative and going, oh, well, everybody's breaking the rule. Well, no one else has been implicated in any of this. So there's two teams... Two teams currently. <laughs> well, Two teams currently. You, what do you think is going to happen then? If it's very yeah, sad that, that, that a supporter of a club who reputedly are about to be subject to a bid from a Saudi Arabian owner to take over at Manchester United wants to take such glee in a story that is completely unfounded, unproven, but is of course against a team that is completely dominating this city at the moment. I found that. I found that quite. Quite humorous. Well, firstly, if I, the, I'm massively against any potential Saudi Arabian takeover, as I was against the Glazers takeover. I don't think they've been great for United. Um, I think it would be disastrous if we got Saudi Arabian owners because we'd probably get the same model as City. We'd get everything we wanted. And uh, it's really hard to reconcile that with Saudi Arabia, given you know certain things that are happening on the international stage. Um, but what I think might happen, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. to go back to your question, um, I think the I think this I think City will probably just put their hands up because these sources seem really really credible. We're talking about internal memos and internal emails and things. City will put their hand up. They could get some sort of play behind closed doors next season for a game or two. They could get a massive fine, which wouldn't really touch them. Um, I think UEFA being corrupt as well is also a massive, huge part of it. When we look at the Qatari World Cup coming up, I think it just shows what a mess world football's in. Um, and it just seems to be spiralling out of control. Maybe this is an attempt by UEFA to try and clean up, to try and look at that. I don't, I don't see anything happening, to be honest. I think City will just pay that. They've already paid a fine, but I think the allegations that are not yet out, um, there's three day three and day four where it's apparently the things with Infantino and the emails to the city chairman. Is he called Mubarak? Yep. So that's like I think they they both came to like an agreement. The city have supposedly been punished for this with a fine, and this is before everybody knew that one city admitted with these internal memos that they, they knew what they were doing and they've creatively cut the books. You're allegations here. I'm not, I'm not, all I'm doing is repeating what Der Spiegel said. I've not done any, I've not, I've very carefully not made any allegations that is nothing that I haven't read in the German uh, equivalent of The Economist. And I wonder if uh, Der Spiegel had been doing this sort of expose on United, if you'd have been going, oh, well, if it says it in Der Spiegel, <laughs> the German equivalent <laughs> no, of the economy, of it must not. be true. I'd be what sat doing it? what you're doing and denying everything. <laughs> what have United done then to with the money that they've got that is different to what City have done? Have they never well, put f- corners? Well, first, no, see, of course, this dodgy things must be going on constantly in football and have probably already gone 
gone on just for years the fact that City years. have got caught out? Is that what you're saying? So you're no, saying no, no, no. They've, they've not yet been allegations. These allegations they're, that they've been They're allegations. Out. It's not that. It's just the systematic way they've gone about lying and then covering up the lies and then threatening UEFA with 20-year-long court cases and other things. Um, the, it just it, something really, really stinks about it. But, um, you know, United are not white and white. No other clubs are white and white. But Liverpool have adhered to those... Um, financial fair play regulations. So have Arsenal. So has every team pretty much in the Premier League. Every other team bar City and the same throughout Europe with the exception of Paris Saint-Germain. So why should everybody else... When when we had to play in the 90s and you were only allowed three foreigners, that was a stupid rule. We got beat 4-0 at Barcelona. Everybody said it's a stupid rule but we still had to adhere by it. Um, you can't just ignore the rules that the governing body lays out. Well, these are all allegations, as we were saying. Yeah, and yeah, you never know, just like the other story with Cristiano Ronaldo, it could all just disappear and go under the carpet and no one speaks about it ever again. But yet we'll be here to let you know bit by bit if stuff happens. Uh, I still, I just feel that it will just disappear, this story. I don't know if City have done anything wrong. I do feel the cartel of the world football um, may not have wanted to include another team into into their fold. I think that's very uh, fair. And badge them out. But, you know, I, I just... Um, I would be surprised if anything does come from it, but it has caused a stir. It's um, caused a massive stir. And also, I'm not, div- I'm, you know, the, this talk of a European Super League again has reared its head in the last week or two. And, you know, United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, all these teams, they, I, I'm dead against that as well. I've been against that for 20 years while they've been mooting it. It, it needs, I don't know. It's just interesting that these allegations are very interesting. I think everyone should read it and everyone should make them their own mind up whether they think it's a credible source and whether they think City have done anything wrong. Well, in defence of that, you've got to say, I'm just not saying they are, this might read as them being allegedly an evil club, but what City have done with their money is they are helping the local community. They're building stuff around the ground that is just getting youth football back to, to its prime. Uh, it, it's just pumping money back into Manchester, which is an important mm-hmm. thing. When you've got such a... Uh, I mean, I'm a United fan, but they're quite stern and hard-faced and they're not as open and welcome, Manchester United. And City haven't just come in and sort of like a wrecking ball. They have come in as, as you know, the, this club that want to bring the fans back to the game. And you could say well, that... Well, they failed there. <laughs> well, bit by bit, you'll slowly see them, I think, creeping up and up and up. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm 50-50 on how, well, how that, this story's going to If go. you have a read on the... I think that one of the allegations is that the money, <clears throat> from where the money's coming from, and it's just a massive, massive PR exercise. And also, you are giving away huge sways of Manchester to... To giving it away to to Abu Dhabi, basically, like we're in spinning fields now. Half of this is owned by London. You know, they're all very separate issues. Came up with the Gary Neville um, when he was talking about redesign. I was dead against that as well. We're talking about taking areas of the city centre and with London financiers and things. Manchester's a a city that is throwing, uh, growing, and thriving, um, and huge areas within the city feel like they're up for sale. Um, so think of it as real estate. No, don't think of what's happening now. Think of what might happen in 20, 30, 40 years when there's a couple of million people in Manchester and it's the size of London currently. And then think who owns all these areas that are being sold off and things. I think that's what... I mean, it's a bit heavy, this, for a football yeah, show. I'm well is, aware of it. Why I do not feel I'm, I'm too good at putting my input into this because... I think you expressed just, your views very well. I Jill. just wanted to say that I don't think, at the end of the day, this will have any effect on the actual football that's played on the pitch. 
Um, I, they will continue to just do whatever they want to do, Man City, on the pitch. Do you agree? Sean Gotter said that yesterday on Forever Blue with you, Ian, that this will not have an impact on Pep Guardiola or his players. I think there's so many worms that will be opened up in this can that um, though, you know, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I was only reading a story this morning. All right, it was two years ago. Two years ago is nothing. And the allegations that are being made about City now are actually years old anyway. Um, that the Spanish clubs were uh, fi- financed by their own government, by their own country. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Real, so Madri- Real, Madrid Real Madrid was a royal Barcelona. family. They, at the end of every financial season, they just wiped clear £500 million pounds so worth of debt. So what's the difference? No, there is, there is none, and that was also so wrong. every club needs to be thrown <coughs> out of Europe. Well, no, just Real Madrid, you and PSG. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll be talking about this later on, but the Super League might be coming, which would include Manchester United. United Manchester, if you pardon United. the expression on that one, I think. Maybe yeah, yeah, United. dead against that. Right, against uh, that. we're going to be talking uh, coming up about uh, the two games that are happening tonight in the Champions League. Uh, but I just want to quickly touch upon last night's Champions League before we go into this one. Um but big story for me, Monaco not doing too well under Thierry Henry, 4-0 defeat mm. there. He's struggling with uh, taking over the role as manager there. Still um, going through a series of losses at the club um, and their owner being um, arrested, if I'm, I'm correct, um, under allegations he's released on, on bail. Now, it's not going well for him. I've not, a former player taking on that stride of manager it's not as easy these days as people might think, is it? To be fair, you can't judge a, a, a guy who's come into management after so few games. And bear in mind that Monaco have sold, <laughs> ironically, quite a lot of their best players to City, or certainly to other clubs and everything. Um, so they've gone through a big, big change there. And they've got a new manager who's new to managing anyway, and he's not been in the job long. You cannot make a judgment of a manager within six or eight or ten weeks of him taking the job, whoever it is. You might be able to see a little bit of stability. When Big Sam goes into a job, often what he does is he makes the new team just put ten men behind the ball and grind out a couple Mm. of draws, and and then you can see that there's a sort of a little bit of a change. That isn't the way Thierry Henry is going to play Mm. uh, or to manage. He's going to change his team into the style of football he wants to play. That takes longer. That takes a season or two. When Pep came in at City, the first season, he won no trophies. And people at that stage might have said, all right, it wasn't Monaco. They started from a higher threshold, if you like. But he inherited a team that wasn't to his image, to the way he wanted. And it took him a year or so and, and really, actually, he probably had some fingers in pies before he came here as manager. I'm sure he had a bit of an influence on signings that were made, etc. So, therefore, you know, he, he had time to get the team right. So, Thierry Henry, whether he'll be a good manager or not, whether it'll work for him at Monaco or not, I don't know. But you have to give him some time. Come yeah, on. Not, one, not one game. <laughs> <coughs> one game. Uh, and then Liverpool getting beat last night 2-0. Well, that, that was the match. That, Alex, that was the match I watched. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> that was fantastic. Red Star were brilliant in that first half. At 15 minutes in, I did one of those tweets thinking, this is going to bite me on the bottom. And went, Red Star were okay here. And I tweeted one of my, uh, like a comedian who's a Liverpool fan, expected him to like, at 4-0 to Liverpool, be like, oh, here we go. And um and they they totally deserved it. Liverpool were were poor, and Red Star were fantastic. 
Indeed. We're going to be talking about Manchester City and United's games in the Champions League coming up, as well as mentioning the little Manchester derby, which all these mad stories floating around I don't think we've touched upon yet. Uh, but that and much more coming up. This is XS Manchester, and this is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. My name is John McGrath, joined by Alex Borman, representing Manchester United tonight on the red side. And on the blue side, Mr Ian Cheeseman. Hello, all right? Ian. I'm very, very good. Uh, lovely first half of the show there. Got me heated, but you know what? They shook hands. They gave each other a lovely hug. Uh, Ian gave Alex. Friends, uh, mate, yeah, yeah, give yeah. Alex a lovely foot massage. Listen, I could His argue... feet stink. <laughs> <laughs> I could argue with Ian forever. And what I like about Ian is, I, I, at the end of uh, eleven o'clock at night, I'd just shake his hand and say, "See you tomorrow." And he's always the same. Absolutely, I not. love arguing hey, with listen, Ian. Listen, it's not football. <laughs> it's only you? football. <laughs> it's football. We about the derby it, later on. It is only football. Uh, but there's a little Champions League game happening tonight. Um, I uh, a interested little. a little, there's two, there's just there's a, two. A, oh yeah, two little little Champions League games tonight. <laughs> uh, obviously, let's start first off with uh, Manchester United against Juventus because I'm just intrigued to know where Alex thinks United are at the minute where you stand what do you look at when you look at Manchester United your team where are you in the well, world well where are you? Manchester United right now they're in Turin <laughs> yes but I'm talking about where are you as the state of the club um, well it's impossible to who knows who knows? <laughs> I want Bef- you to know. Befo- well, I want you this to is the expert. It. Here's I, the expert. There I'm you not, go. I've, firstly, I've never, ever professed to be an expert. <laughs> I am just a fan. However, um, go back to the last Juventus game and they were a absolute... I think they were in second gig Juventus and they were miles better than us in every single department. It was embarrassing to watch a little bit um, and, and it was a bit of a reality check after coming on the back of a very good result against Chelsea. Um, which should have actually been a better result. Um, since then, we've beaten Everton, we've beaten Bournemouth. Um, Newcastle, don't forget Newcastle. Oh, yeah. No, Newcastle was before that. Oh, was Newcastle right? was the 3-2 yeah, yeah. before the Chelsea. They were the draw against Chelsea. But firstly, United looked like a team incapable of playing for 90 minutes, for whatever reason that is. Um, they seem to go a goal down, at least, in every game that we play. And when I say um, a goal down, it's normally given away by like some comical defending. Or it's like schoolboy errors. That's just, I can't believe that the team has made those mistakes from from the second game of the season right through. Those have not been eradicated. But then we might attack for half an hour. We always look like we're going to score lately. Um, they're playing with passion and, you know, there's decent movement now with Sanchez up front, Martial and Rashford. So, I honestly don't know. We also seem to play better away than we do at home. So I'm hoping all these things come in and, and tonight's the night where it fully clicks in time for the derby and in time to get a decent result against a very good Juventus side. Juventus will not hold back, I don't think. And uh, no. and, and maybe they'll look at their performance at Old Trafford and think, yeah, we were in second gear. Let's make a, a demonstration that we are one of the favourites for the Champions League, as many people say. Could they do. Are. Put them in that back bracket. Um, the defence of Manchester United um, has been all right. I mean, they do let in it's the awful. early goals. It's awful. It's been better than what it was. Well, surprisingly... Has he found that... Has he found the back four that will last him to January? Yes, yes, because Shaw's got to be automatically your left-back of choice. Lindelof's been great for about the last six games. Ashley Young never, ever, ever lets you down. Smalling was really poor against Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. In that first half, could have been 4-0 down, no exaggeration, and... And Smalling just looked like he did. He never played football before, and that was his. I think that was his three hundred or three hundred and first yeah, game appearance for Manchester United. It's unbelievable. Um, so that back four would, is confident that could last. Do you like uh, Lindelof? I like Lindelof. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's coming into his own. He does. He does all the proper defender things well. 
i.e. He, he shuts down the space and he, he's really good in tight areas and he's he's good positionally and um, he wins a lot of headers, wins a lot of tackles, he's, he's blocking shots. He does everything you'd want a defender to do and unlike all the other centre-halves at United, he can actually pass a ball um, to, to feet, which it sounds basic, but the amount of attacks that just never happen because a Phil Jones or a Baye or a Smalling plays the ball four yards away from the person he's playing it to and all momentum stops. Windelhoff is better than that, at least. Okay, I like it. Uh, Ian, Cheeseman, uh, we're going to go uh, over to uh, the Etihad Stadium. Shakhtar will be uh, joining you tonight. Um, sort of good results all around in the uh, in the group so far. Shakhtar won't be easy, but obviously they um, tested you a tiny bit uh, last time. But now they're at City's ground and you just won 6-1 against Southampton. Everyone's full of confidence, do you think? And City will be, you know, fully confident to take on the uh, take on Shakhtar. And more and more throughout the competition, they're looking like they're going to keep going, keep pushing, and and maybe stage by stage they will maybe they get to a semi final or a final. You know, who, who knows? Ian, what do you think is going to happen tonight? Well, it's it's worth saying that I think the, the City crowd tonight. I'm not. This is not me saying do this, do that. N- not that anybody would listen to me anyway. But they will boo the UEFA anthem louder than <laughs> ever tonight. I think you can. Uh, you can, I can predict that. So that's one thing. Um, they obviously lost the home game against Leon, and uh, and Leon on that night were the better side. I've got to say that mm-hmm. they were. Um, was that because City didn't play well? That was because that because Leon played particularly well. They haven't necessarily been reproducing that in the French League all the time, but they certainly deserved to win that night. City have got their act together since then. They they fought out in Hoffenheim to get a win, and I knew that was going to be a tough one. A very, very good performance out at uh, Kharkiv, where Shakhtar Donetsk play these days. The first half of that performance in Ukraine was probably as good as anything City have ever played in Europe. I really believe that. That, that was a superb performance. If they can win the game tonight and Hoffenheim don't, they're through. That That is the mathematics of it. So if, if, if City win tonight, Hoffenheim draw or lose, City are through, which is a perfect position to be in with two games to go because the next game after this is the away game to Leon, uh, which on the basis that Leon won at the Etihad is going to be a tough one. Now against Southampton, City fielded an 11, which didn't include Riyad Mahrez. Mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne wasn't available. Uh, company in Otamendi, Otamendi injured company on the bench. There were players who didn't feature in that game that were very good players. But I looked at that 11 and I thought, obviously KDB is the one that people will say, how can you pick a City team, a strongest City team without KDB in it? And I thought, what a great, well-balanced that side is. Sterling on the right, Sane on the left, Aguero down the middle, the two silvers, Fernandinho, and that back four that's played together and, and done really well together with Edison behind them. And if that is the team that, that plays against United, and I will come on to that a little bit later on, then that would fill me with a lot of confidence. Whether he's going to play that team again tonight and then again on Sunday, mm-hmm. that, is a, that is a question. I would imagine there'll be a little bit of rotation somewhere in this. Maybe the rotation comes tonight. Maybe Danilo gets a game. Maybe Gundogan comes back in if he's fit again. Maybe a Fabian Delph or a Zinchenko or... You know, Jesus plays up front. There may be a little bit of a change, and City may look at the Shakhtar game as winnable without their first eleven, as you might say, and then put the strongest team out against United. Though 
whether they'll need the strongest team against United is another question. <laughs> is there a is there a City starting eleven? Do you think Pep Guardiola says there, or you as a City fan look at uh, the team you've got and say that's our best starting eleven? Well, that or team, honestly, against Southampton, <laughs> the one player of of course, if KDB had been fit, how do you fit him in to that? Well, you've got to drop one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, who would you drop? I'm not sure who I'd want to drop out of that team because um, because that that eleven was fantastic. Um, I don't think he has a first choice eleven. I don't think that's the, the way Pep thinks. I think he has a sort of fifteen or sixteen of the absolute top notches. He knows there's going to be injuries. He knows there's going to be suspensions, and he knows they can't all play every game. So I think there is a there is a, a always a plan to rotate. So I don't think if you sat down with him now and he and he was being honest and he wasn't on the media and he was just talking to you privately and you said to him that question, what is your strongest 11? I think he'd say, I don't have a strongest 11. I pick a team for a certain game or a certain circumstance depending on the games around it. Uh, headache, you think Jose Mourinho might want to have one day? <laughs> well, he's got... I, I remember the last time United sort of had that. They had it a bit with Tevez and Berbatov. Um, but it was basically the 98-99 that won the treble where we got four brilliant forwards and he would just pick whichever player he thought would suit, would would attack their defence best, whether it be Sheringham, Solskjaer, Cole, York, um, and the same with Giggs. Does he play, does he play Giggs? Does he play uh, Blomquist? Does, sometimes Nicky Butt and Roy Keane in midfield, sometimes Skulls in midfield, sometimes Beckham in central midfield. He, and I don't think we've had that for quite a while and we've certainly not got that now. I think Mourinho would struggle to name his best 11 still because there's probably only about five or six players at United playing well at the minute. It's true. And Mourinho, um, the, the pressure has died down on him slightly. Um, a bit, but it'll, it'll be back. It'll, it'll be, be back, back. On, on... If they don't win against Juventus, if they get a draw, I think that's OK. If they lose against Juventus and lose against City, pressure's right back on him. And that's another way that all these City allegations will be totally forgotten because Mourinho... You know, if Mourinho kicks a water bottle or something and they, and, and they lose, <laughs> that's all next week's papers. <laughs> it is. We're going to speak uh, more about um, Manchester United's attack now because um, obviously you mentioned the, the luxury that uh, Pep Guardiola has, uh, what he can pick. Uh, Lukaku, last couple of games, has been dropped to the bench. Mm. Now you've been seeing more of Martial and Rashford and Sanchez getting their chance down the middle. Um, is that working for you? And do you think that's something he will continue Just to- before you answer, yeah. Alex, you, uh, you know how I keep harping on about Matter Matt and, yeah. and, Matt and uh, Rashford? Yeah. They've both been playing, haven't they? Well, no, they've been playing independent. They've both been playing in the same position, so one comes on for the other one. But they've been playing. So, well, they, they, has they, that but, made a difference? Matt, That's the question. Well, is the, this is the thing. In a way, yes. Matter was outstanding against Chelsea, um, and then by the time we get two games after that, he was poor, I think, against Bournemouth, and he was taken off, replaced by Rashford. Um, so, yes, it's made a difference when he's playing well. I, I think his matter does not string more than about four good games together. Maybe he needs to just be given, you're starting for the next 10 games. Which is what's happened with Martial. And it's, Martial's got, I think, six goals in the last five games or something. He's absolutely on fire. Um, every time he gets the ball, you think, I don't think anyone can tackle him. I don't think anyone can run like him. He's been doing the defending side of it as well. He looks a threat anytime the ball's at his feet, anywhere around the area, you think he's going to score. Um, could you say the same for Sanchez? No. Uh, not really. Could you say the same for Rashford? No. Could you say the same for Mata? No. So I think the problem of and Lukaku definitely not at this current time. So you've got five forwards there and one of them's playing well. Um, same with midfield. Pogba's, Pogba's playing well. Matic's looking really tired. 
Um, Fred came in, won a few tackles, didn't play great. Herrera then came in against Bournemouth, did well for 25 minutes, changed the game actually. And I think that's the that's the difference and that's the problem at United. You've got Pogba's playing well, Martial's playing well, Shaw, Ashley Young, Windeloff, De Gea. That, and that's those are you nailed on five or six players and the rest of them, you could pick any. Matter might play well tonight, he might not play. Rashford might play well tonight. They don't play well the game after and I think that's the problem. Okay. Right, so I'm gonna uh I'm gonna take a little break now. Uh, and then we will be previewing the Manchester Derby next because it is uh, not far away. Um Sunday the game will kicking off a half full late kickoff for a Sunday. Uh, but we'll be talking all about that, getting into who the people think might play on Sunday and what it means to both clubs, as well as a special Shuffield Wednesday. Ooh. Which is gonna be it's gonna be hard for you, but it's gonna be fun as well. And uh, this is the Wednesday club. We are pre recorded, so you do not text in or call in. Uh, we uh, currently might be you on know our I way too. You know I we're, we're pre-record. I'm in the tunnel club tonight. You're always in the oh, tunnel <laughs> club. Having a lovely Mixing meal. With all the, uh, the what's on the menu? People. Do you know what's on the menu? I don't know, it's all finger food. You know, of course it is. Yeah. Right, this is the Wednesday <laughs> club. I'm joined by Alex Boardman representing the red side. Hello, Alex. Yeah, hi. hi. Hello, hello, hi. hi. And Ian Cheeseman representing the blue. Good How evening. Good evening. It's yes. time to talk about the small matter of a Manchester derby that's happening on Sunday, half four kickoff. It's, it, do you know, it all seems, it's a really weird build-up to the derby this year. And I don't know why, I can't put my finger on it. So much is it because going on, isn't there? So much right. going on. United been through a lot already this season with a lot of defeats. City just looking as better as ever. But still, the Manchester derby can throw up any sort of result. Um, so let's just go to initial thoughts, Alex, on how you are th- feeling uh, before kick-off. Well, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Like you asked me a bit. He's giving a lot of insight here, isn't he? No, no, this is 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 the United. This is when we played Bournemouth, you could have asked me the same question. If we show up, if we show up uh, like we did in the second half last season, then I'm very, very confident because I think player for player, with the exception of maybe a couple of defenders, we've got some great match winners, some huge players in there who hopefully will be ultra motivated. Um, Yes, we can win. Of course, we can win. But if we do what we've done in maybe the last four or five games and not start until half-time, we could be 3-0 down at half-time. So it's, it's, that's United at the minute. You can't go, oh, we're doing this well and we're doing that well. And we, we've such a mix. But within a 90-minute game, we could we look like one of the best teams in the league and the worst team in the league. So hopefully we will just be consistent and be decent throughout. And in, in that case, yes, I'm very confident that we'll do okay. Ian Cheeseman. The way City are playing at the moment, you'd fancy them against anybody. Um, you know, the, the the creation and the movement and, and and the potential to score goals is very evident. Obviously, they've scored more goals already this season than they did in the same number of games at the start of last season. So they're actually ahead of schedule in that way. Last season against United, they were 2-0 up at half-time, should have been 3-4. Raheem Sterling missed a sitter. And then United came out highly motivated. And I feel that when United are on the back foot, um, that's when they're unleashed. Obviously, we've talked to them before about Mourinho, and I'm not a fan of his at all. And I think United have the potential to be a much better team than they're sometimes showing at the moment. And I think when they are unleashed, they can be a very threatening team. Um on the more flippant side, I would say that for United, this is a bigger game now than it is for City, and particularly for Mourinho because of his sort of arch enemy Pep Guardiola being so dominant in Manchester and, and, and really in a way around Europe at the moment. So I can see that he will have his players 
as motivated as they possibly can be. As they were for Chelsea, and they put, they did play really well against Chelsea. Um, I, I just, I, I, I honestly don't know. It's one of the few. Da- this is what it must have been like to be a City fan, maybe fifteen years ago. <laughs> you're right, where, right. Where you were going it is in, weird. <laughs> you were going in, it? and you're like, "Oh, United are top of the league. They're going to win the league. We, we're going there and hiding to nothing." And then you'll go and Ben Gianni scores two goals or something like that. <laughs> it's yeah. the weirdest and, thing about them, though, is, is often if United were top of the league, City used to we used to win them and win them comfortably sometimes by two, or three goals. Yeah, but I, see the. You know when people say the derbies, it's, oh, it's a great level, form goes out the window, all these cliches. I think that used to be the case because you could get your centre off or your central midfield to just go and run right through someone and the ref would very not likely book you. If he did book you. Because it was you, a derby. Because it was a derby and, and that doesn't happen anymore. you got right? Anthony Taylor though on your side. This well, time, this, is a, this is another thing. Let's you, talk about that. Hang so on, Anthony you've got Taylor. your wafer in your pocket if you're talking about that. <laughs> the um, Anthony Taylor thing has drawn a lot of uh, attention, mainly on Twitter, but I don't believe it's going to cause much. If anything, it might go United, uh, City's way. Well, it's, this is the other thing is why put him in that position? Because any, any decision that's given, is it half a penalty for United? Then he's he's biased. If there's a half penalty given for City, then he's proving he's not biased. So why just put him in that it's situation? A game that VAR should have been yeah, you know, used yeah. for. He's got VAR written all over it, and also, I just hope, and I'm pretty sure we'll we'll get one of those quite tepid, stale. Nobody's flying into attacker. They, they're not derbies like they used to be. No, no. Firstly, secondly, though. Um, Every time I've seen Mourinho live against City, he's spends the entire game urging the team forward um, to play City as high up the pitch as you can. And I think that's anything that's done well against City ever, I think has always done that um, to to effectively stop the flow of all those all those passes. And for the the derby, I think a couple of years ago, Old Trafford, the United, the, the team were reluctant. He's urging them forward, and they're all like, "No, I can't leave. Can't leave De Bruyne in the middle. I can't leave Silver. You know, they're running behind us and things." So, I think if they if they do what he tells them to do, like in the second half at the Etihad last year, where we played really high up the pitch, we had lots of the ball in the middle of your half and on the edge of your box. I think we'll do really well. But again, it's, it's, these players will they let us down? Yeah, again, and I, I just can't predict. I hope they won't. See, I, I still think it's the other way around from what you're saying in that at half-time at, at the Etihad last year, Mourinho must have said to the players, like, come on, they could win the league here today. You can't let this happen. You've got to play for pride. And that unleashed them. So they stopped playing the Mourinho way. Last year at Old Trafford, they played the Mourinho way. They parked the bus. The City fans relished in singing that song and still do. What's going to happen this week? And this is the interesting question. When City went to Anfield, we and, saw a very different... the bus. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. That's what they did. They, they took a different approach and a more pragmatic approach, which is very unusual for Pep Guardiola. So, do these two teams... T- could, we, could we see... I'm not, it won't happen the other way around. City won't park the bus at home. But do we see a different attitude? You know, do, do, are both teams... Do they they think well the main thing is that we don't lose this mm-hmm. derby you know rather than than go gung ho and try and win it I certainly would imagine that uh, Mourinho I, I think Sean last night on on Forever Blue said that he thought Mourinho might surprise everybody and actually come and attack yeah I think well I think that's the only way we can play that's effective who do you think will be effective then uh, for United if they were going to put an attacking lineup on Martial 
Martial because he, he always is. But you know, after tonight, he might get. Play Lukaku. He might not play. Um, current, on current form, no. But again, we don't know what happens tonight. Tonight, Ed, he's not even gone. So, um, well, we yeah. know that. So, well, we do. We do <laughs> know. Could, but I mean, could feature, you could be resting him. Well, no, Sanchez could get injured or Rashford could get injured. So you have to play Lukaku. Fellaini might be back. Who, who knows what he'll do? Oh, he'll play Fellaini against City. Yeah, lump a big ball what, to him. What I, what I do like about Fellaini is one of the fewer appreciates a tackle and a, and a little elbow left in. And that's dar- that's a derby match. That I, I like Fellaini for that in a derby. Go up, elbows out. Somebody breaks their nose. They break their nose. That's fair enough. That's that's a derby. That's <laughs> that what it's about. How many United players have been sent off though in derbies recently for that very thing? Quite a few, you know. Yeah, possibly. Well, we're going to have a little game of Sheffield Wednesday now. It's back, but it's back with a bit of a twist. Um, instead of answering um, what I normally do is ask you to name a player with the letter beginning with and then I surprise you with the letter mm. I'm going to give you a question uh, the, the person uh, who goes first uh, the second player can't hear what the question is so um, I might ask you to uh, leave the room who wants to go first? I'll leave the room okay Alex is going to leave the room I'm going to ask We're you a question now, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you've got 30 seconds Ian to answer this question are you ready? Go on then. As many as you can, can you name the last 50 goal scorers in a Manchester derby? City or United? City or United. Uh, Rooney, um, Aguero, uh, Yaya Torre. Um, last 50. Um, Rashford, um, uh, Lukaku, Smalling, Pogba, um, De- Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva. Uh, I can only tell you Lukaku isn't in there. But apart from that, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right, where's Alex? Can I stay in for where's, this? Yeah, you can stay in for this. Alex, come on, come on. I thought he disappeared then. You know, when I've seen him in comedy before, he's not been... Oh, he's back now. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, He's chatting about Clint Boone there with someone. (laughs) Of course you were. Ian got a respectable score. not going to tell you what it is. Okay, I don't even know what the rules are. You've just got to name as many players. Don't worry about the rules at City. <laughs> right, so. Yeah, it's money change, Dan's here. He's probably he got fourteen right in thirty seconds. You wait for a City. This is City or United players. Can you name the last fifty to score in a Manchester derby? Go. Um, Rashford. <laughs> Rashford, Pogba, Smalling, um, Van Persie, Skulls. Uh, Giggs, Van Nistelrooy, City players, Benjani, said him. Um, Aguero, company. Kanchelskis, Cantona. <laughs> although, oh, the last 50, that's probably... No, it's not, not the last 50 years. Oh, oh God. Went to pieces with the pressure. Do you know what? With the last two, you could have stole it. Oh, no. I can tell you, Ian Cheeseman got eight... Well, I got Alex seven, Boardman, you got eight. Oh, oh no! All square. All square. <laughs> Will that be a representation of the weekend's game? It could be eight all. Who knows? Uh, right, I'd so for that. that eight genu- all, that'd be a great day. Anytime we do a quiz, I'm genuinely unsettled. Like my heart rate's <laughs> risen. It was a tough quiz that one, but you both did. Uh, you both did well. Fair play. Uh, before we um, get, get going, because Wednesday Club will be off, Jimmy's up next. Um, maybe just draw attention to tonight again. Um, 
Score predictions from you, Alex. What's your think is going to happen against Manchester United against Juventus? Settle for a draw. Just hope they turn up, play well. I've prediction will win. 2-1. You win 2-1? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, I don't know. You don't like doing predictions. I don't City score predictions, but win. I'd expect City to beat Shatsar Donetsk tonight, yeah. Okay, now uh, turn over to the big one. Um, I would just, check, just check the email, find out what score they've decided it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, with your head on your heart, hand on your heart. Your what, on your heart. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> um, what's the score going to be? The derby. The derby. Um, I think 2-0. To all, yeah, yeah, because we can't, we can't defend, but we'll go. I think we will go for it. So no win, lose or draw. But what do you think is going to happen? Ian? After what I'm last season, I think City will win this one, gentlemen. All we can do is watch on Sunday at half four. Shake hands. Thank you very much Absolutely. for today's nice show. One, cheesy. Uh, the Wednesday Club is uh, back, obviously, next Wednesday. Uh, by the way, we've got uh, two more tables left for our big Derby Day quiz on Thursday night. That is at Cafe Football in the National Football Museum. If you want to get down to that, head over to Excess Manchester's Twitter page. Uh, you can search us on Facebook as well, Excess Manchester. It's Derby's, but not uh, just Manchester Derby's. Derby's across the country. Well, uh, so Shuffle Wednesday. Shuffle oh, Shuffle Wednesday might be having an inclusion yeah. um, so this is what you need to do head over to Facebook and Twitter XS Manchester uh, and come and sign up sign your team up minimum of two players for a team uh, and come get stuck in uh, so Ian thank you very much You're enjoy welcome. the tunnel club tonight I will and your finger food uh, Alex uh, have fun uh, enjoy what are you having for tea tonight uh, lasagna well enjoy that and enjoy <laughs> I think what are you having Joe I don't know I might have some chicken uh, right this has been the Wednesday Club thank you very much for listening we'll be back next Wednesday Jim's up next it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.